0: Welcome, my name is Josh. I'm one of the ministers here at Clear Creek. If you are a guest, welcome. We are just so glad that you are here. To all of our family and guests who are joining us in the cafe this morning or the overflow or online, we're just glad you're here. Wherever you're joining us from, we want you to know that this is a place that loves Jesus and would be so honored to provide a home for you as well. Now, today's kind of a big day, isn't it? Men, that was your one shot this morning. I mean, really? All right, all right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Ladies, are we clueless? Can I get an amen? All right, let's try this again. Guys, this is your shot, okay? Today is kind of a big day. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, right, guys? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm, good. Too little, too late. It's Mother's Day, and we are just so thrilled to be able to show honor to our mamas. Here's the reality. Scripture teaches us that we are to give honor to whom honor is due, and, and our mamas are due honor. In fact, this morning, we have so many mamas In this room, many of you are the recipients of the life that some of these women have given years and years. They've poured their time, their energy, their effort into you so that by God's grace, you would be here and you'd be where you are. In fact, I just want us this morning, um, if you're holding a rose or a, a carnation rather this morning, if you are present, we just want you to know how much we love you. And how grateful we are for your legacy of faith. And even in the moments where you drop the ball, in the moments where you know you have and you go, Oh, how will they ever get past this? We just want you to know that we are so thankful to God for you. Because you are one of the many good gifts from God to us. And so we love you. Now, with all that said, I've just got to be real frank. A lot of times you'll ask someone, so tell me about your mom, and they'll say, oh, I've got the best mom in the world. And I don't don't want to start any fights or burst any bubbles this morning, but I just have news for you. My mom is the best mom in the world, and I'm saying that for two reasons. Number one, it's true, and number two, she will be watching this sermon later and, and we just need to get that out. But let me tell you, I can prove to you why my mom is... Maybe, maybe you'd say, no, my mom's just fine, fine, fine. I'll prove to you why my mom is at least top tier. Let me take you back to when I was 10, maybe 11 years old. I had just purchased my very first slingshot. And this was one of those daddy-whacker Whamma Jamma slingshots. You know the ones that have like the, the wrist piece that you can get the extra support, and it had the industrial strength sling. Any of you know what I'm talking about? Yes, and praise God. Every parent's nightmare. I got my first one, and I remember there was one night. It was night because it was dark outside. Yes, I am that smart. Darkness, nighttime. It was nighttime, and I think dad and my sisters were away, and I just remember I was bored. And I thought, man, what am I going to do? And then I had an idea. I went, I got some copy paper, the white copy paper. You know, not that little flimsy uh, stuff that you get, but the dense copy paper. I ripped it up into shreds and I made little balls out of it. Now, here's the problem. They will unravel as they go through the air unless you do something to fix that. So I got tape and I taped them up and I made my own little homemade paper pellets. And I thought, well, what am I going to do with all this? And I had an idea. I'm going to go on the hunt. The problem is my dad's gone. My sisters are gone. There's only one person in the house left. It was my mama. And I remember I, I snuck down the stairs, peered around the corner, and there in the kitchen working at the sink was my mom, like a great wildebeest next to the watering hole. And all I could hear were Elmer Fudd's words, and I'm going to adapt them ever so slightly. But in my mind, I heard, be very, very quiet. I'm hunting (sighs) Wumpus, And I let it fly. And she jumped. She screamed. And next ensued 30, 40, 50, I don't remember how long, minutes of her tearing out after me. I did not know she could run so fast. And you say, well, how does that prove that your mom is the best mom ever? Simply, I am alive today after that one. Now, I don't know what your mom experience is. Maybe you'd say, man, mom is just, she's a 10. Or maybe maybe your experience was not quite that. Here's the bottom line. Every one of us, regardless of how we might rank our moms, are blessed because it is through them that God gave us life. And so we want to honor our moms this morning. And I'm just going to ask you to join me in a prayer over our moms. And if you will, let's stand together. And will you grab the hand of the person next to you? In fact, if we can, let's just spread across the aisle. Grab the hand of someone across the aisle as well. Fellas, if the person is cute, standing next to you, feel free to get their number after service. (laughs) If you're single and they're single, of course. But let's pray and thank God for the good gifts of our moms. Lord, we thank you that you give us good gifts even ones that we don't know before we're born, but you gave them nonetheless. Lord, for each mom in this room, each grandmother in this room, each great-grandmother, and so on, we give you praise. And for the many who are now not here in the flesh, but with you, we thank you for the legacy of faith that they passed on. May they know that you love them and that you are for them. May they know today that no matter their past, both the success and failures, that because of you, you will help them if they will lean into you to be the moms that you have called them to be. And may we know as those who've received the good gifts of their time, their affection, and yes, their failures, may we know that we have a good God who loves us for you gave us those who gave us life. We pray this in Jesus' name amen. Well, grab your Bible and grab a seat. I want to take you to one little verse this morning because here's the reality. If you're a mom or a dad, if you are in a position of authority, one of the best gifts, we tell our kids all the time, one of the best gifts you can give is to honor or obey. How many of you moms or dads this morning would say, one of the best gifts that your kids can ever give you is to quickly obey and to show honor. Anyone in here say that's one of the best gifts that you can receive as a parent is to receive the honor of quick obedience. And so, we're going to go this morning very briefly to one of the oldest moral laws in human history. It is one of the Ten Commandments. Jesus talks about it. Paul, the apostle, talks about it. In fact, we're going to look At Paul's words from Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 2 and 3. And I want you to see how he begins this passage talking to children. By the way, although you may be grown, you are still someone else's child. Amen? Children, this is what he says. Honor, honor, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, quote, that it may go well with you. And that you may enjoy long life on the earth. That you may enjoy long life on the earth. Dallas Willard, one of the great theologians and authors of the past century, made the statement that this promise for long life doesn't simply refer to length, but it refers to depth of life. That honor is tied to life. This is actually what he says in longer form. He says, a long and happy existence requires that we be grateful to God for who we are. And we cannot be thankful for who we are without being thankful for our parents through whom our life came. They are part of our identity and to reject and be angry with them is to reject and be angry with ourselves. Now watch this last line. To reject ourselves leads to sickness, disillusion, and death, spiritual and physical. We cannot reject ourselves and love God. In other words, he's simply saying this, you and your identity is tied to where you came from. And unless you can find a way to honor the good of where you came from, no matter how great or small, you will always fight with yourself and be haunted by the fact that you feel rejected in yourself. And so when we talk about honor, hear me now, this is not simply for the benefit of the one to whom you honor. This is for your benefit as well. In fact, we've been going through a series called The Cost of Not, where we've been looking at the profound costs certain things have. If we don't do them, Roy talked about, if we don't exercise, there's a cost physically. If we don't work our minds, then there's a cost mentally. Today we're looking and finishing up this brief series with simply this, the cost of not honoring That at its core, if we cannot, if we do not learn to honor, then we will always struggle with both who we are and ultimately who God is as well. Now, of course, there's a problem with this, isn't there? What do you do if people, in this case parents, and since it's Mother's Day, let's say your mother, what do you do if mom is a difficult person? person, by the way, show of hands, how many of you know of any difficult people anywhere in the whole world? Any of you know anyone who's a little difficult in the world? If your hand is not raised, then on behalf of the church, we just want to say perhaps you are the person that we're all raising our hand over. We all have difficult people in our life, amen? So how do you show honor when someone is perhaps difficult or prickly? When they have an extra case of ODD, they are just a little odd. What do you do? Because reality is, no matter how good your mom is, there are moments where she fails. And moms, we want you to know we acknowledge this. That is not to beat you up, but to free you from living up to an unsustainable standard. For some, though, it's not simply that mom failed. For some in this room, we understand this is a tough day because for you, mom, when you think back, you think of a woman who struggled with showing you affection and love. For some in this room, you can't even remember those moments because your mom was just out of the picture, maybe from birth, maybe later, but she just wasn't around. And then for some in this room, it's not simply that your mom was absent or didn't know how to express herself. Maybe your mom was just downright mean Have you ever met a mean person before? I think about all the different names we have for grandmothers. So obviously, grandmother or granny or Mimi or Mama or Grandy. Those are just some of the ones that we have within our family lineage. And you have others, I'm sure. But I have a buddy who had a genuinely mean grandmother. I mean, just just a mean person. So mean, they did not give her one of those names. They didn't call her Granny. They didn't call her Mimi. They didn't call her any of those things. They called her, I'm not making this up, the grandchildren called her to her face, Wicked Weeza." <laughs> How do you honor a wicked Wheeza? And more importantly, do I have to? What does the Bible actually teach? Here's what, I, friend, I just want you to know this. This is core to what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So you know who you are and you're able to trust that God has placed you where he's placed you from the people he's placed you for a purpose, not by accident and not because of his anger. And so I want to walk you through very briefly this morning just a three-word process To grow in honor. And by the way, if you have the world's greatest mom, congrats. You can still get something from this. If you have the world's worst mom, congrats. I pray this will help. I got these three words from, first from an author named John Ortberg. A brilliant man and I'm going to do my best to try to capture some of what he shares on the process to honor. But he gives three words that I think are so valuable to learning to honor. And we'll walk through these quickly. The first word is the word honesty. If you want to write this down on the back of your bulletin, we have some notes there for you. The first word is honesty. Now, honesty is one of these fundamental values of any Christ follower. In fact, every law, every rule, every command in Scripture is rooted and undergirded by truth. Everything God says is true and because of truth. In fact, you recall Jesus' words in Uh, John 8, 32, where he says this, the, what's that word, church? The truth will set you free. Meaning, if you want to grow to honesty, the very first thing we have to recognize is we do not pretend, we do not play games, we do not condone, we must know the truth or be honest about who someone is. Now, when we think of honesty, sometimes we get really confused first thing I would say to you is this. Honesty, to be honest, does not require that you go and tell the person all that you think about the person. That is sometimes not wise, and other times it's not possible, especially if that person is out of picture or already passed away. Rather, honesty is taking a personal evaluation to look and say, what is the truth about this person? Now, honesty is, to, is not to pretend someone is better or different than they really are, or to overlook past offenses. Rather, notice this, honesty is soberly looking at who someone is, both the good and the bad, and being honest with yourself about how you feel about them. See, here's the reality. We all like extremes. Most of us, when it comes to people, we either emphasize the good or we emphasize the bad. But honesty says, what is the good and the bad? Because we are all a mixed bag. Can I get an amen? There's good and there's bad. And so the first step is to simply be honest. And here's where we get this from. Scripture, Hebrews chapter 11. This is the great hall of faith passage where we are listed one after the other. Men and women who lived for God and because of their life were listed here as people to be emulated. But the Bible is incredibly honest with their failures, not just their successes. So we have Noah, the man of God who for a hundred years built a boat without any proof there would be rain. And we're like, wow, I could never be like him. And then we are reminded back in Genesis, immediately after his obedience, he plants a vineyard, gets drunk, and then there's a shady situation that happens. Or then we hear about Abraham This father of the faithful who went when God said go. And then we read about the fact that he gave his wife away to another man. Not once, but twice. Honest about the success and the failures. And then we have Isaac, who plays favorite with his kids. Or then you have Samson, David, Rahab, a lawbreaker of God, an adulterer, and a prostitute. And yet, the Bible says there is good, but we're not going to lie about the bad. The first step, the first step to growing to honor someone is to be honest about who they really are and how you feel about them. And let me tell you why this is so freeing. When you are honest about someone, you do not have to pretend when you honor. You can look and say, that right there was good. I can respect and I can honor that. That wasn't, I'm not respecting and honoring that part to say I respect or honor. The first step is honor. Here's the second one. When we're thinking about the process to honor is the word acceptance. So you have honesty, then you have acceptance. Now again, there's a lot of confusion when it comes to this idea of acceptance because every child needs to learn to accept their parents in the same way that a mother accepts her child, both the challenges and the good. How many of you moms have had to change a diaper at least once in your life? Any of you feel like putting two hands up right now? Oh, please. I mean, some of you, you had to put the hazmat suit on. You went in, sprayed the place down with bleach after it was over. I mean, you've been in the trenches, and the trenches have been in you. Amen? I mean, you know what it's like, and yet you accept the good along with the challenges. You accept that to be in relationship with this little person means you will be in relationship with things that are not always pleasant as well. But acceptance, we get this idea again from Scripture. We're told of Jesus being the one who accepted us in Romans 15 where Paul says, Accept one another just, just in the same way, to the same measure, in the same quantity as Christ accepted you. And so when we think about how Christ accepted us, we get some clarity here, don't we? See, the reality is when we think of acceptance, sometimes people will tell you acceptance is accepting all behavior. Church, that is neither biblical nor loving. There is some behavior that is self-destructive that would not be a good thing to accept. So if you want to write this down or look on your sheet, acceptance is not condoning wrong behavior. Acceptance is not saying, oh, that's okay, because remember, that is now being dishonest. Acceptance is not accepting wrong behavior. Acceptance is, however, choosing to love a person while being honest about who the person is. This word love, I don't have it in your notes, but real quick, the word love has been co-opted by our culture because we talk about loving hot dogs and pizza and bowling and our wives. They ain't on the same plane. So let me give you real fast. Here's what love is. Are you ready? To love someone is to will and to work and to desire the good of another. Notice it does not include how you feel about that person. Love is to will to work and desire, not in an emotional sense, not in some hallmark syrupy sense, but in a concrete, I want what's good for you. That's what love is. And acceptance is choosing that, even when it's hard, to say, I'll take you even though there's issues there. So we begin with honesty, and we work to acceptance. And here's why it's so important in the family, because the family's a place where people know the truth, the most about you. I, I got to tell you, no one knows me like my wife and children know me. No one knows you like your family knows you. In fact, uh, a, couple, a couple, three, four weeks ago, something happened that was an ego bruiser. Any of you ever have an ego bruiser as a, as a parent? Yeah, okay, how many of us, guys, we know we're not Superman, but we kind of like to pretend that we are. I mean, I even have the jammies, I mean, <clears throat> pajamas that have, that's not better, that have the S on them, right? You want to be Superman? And of course, as a father, I think that I'm the funniest man who's ever lived when it's with my kids. And so you make dumb, dumb jokes, I and mean, they're just really not that funny. But you think with your kids, they won't know the difference between humor and not because they're your kids and all this. And I remember I made some silly joke in the car, and Steven's riding with me. I make some joke, and instead of the laughter that I expected, I mean, like an honoring child would do, of course, right? Instead, what do do I hear from my son in the background? Dad jokes. (laughs) Where do you even hear this? And what's worse, my daughter now has heard it. So last night, we're in the kitchen. I make some other little joke. And now, my just-turned five-year-old little princess, who ought to know Jesus by now, instead, when I make the joke, goes, dad jokes? I'm like, come on. It's in your home that people know the good and the bad about you more than anywhere else. And this is why, if you're waiting for a perfect parent to honor, you will never honor anyone. But here's the other thing about acceptance. We recognize that God can redeem anyone. Amen? God can restore anyone. Let me give you the third and final word. And sort of an unfortunate way to remember this, but I noticed this as I was going through it. Honesty, acceptance, And gratitude, if you take the first letter of each of those words, it's H-A-G, so HAG. On Mother's Day, if you're struggling with honor, just remember HAG and go through it. It'll help you. But here's the third one. Some of you will not remember anything else but that today. You're welcome. Welcome to church. Here's the third thing, acceptance. Real quick, I want to walk you through this. Here's why this is so important. Because this is a process and not a formula. This isn't something you go step one, step two. Honesty and acceptance are going to tumble over each other like laundry in a wash. You will have to revisit honesty and acceptance periodically throughout your life with people to go back to what is true, to honoring, to being able to accept, to then grow into honor. But together, if you allow the process, God in His grace will lead you to a point where you can come to gratitude, which ultimately can lead you To honoring someone. Let me show you real quick what gratitude is not and what it is. Real quick, gratitude is not being grateful for everything. Gratitude is, however, being grateful for something. It's it's that one strand, it's that one thing that you can hold on to. And and for some of you, your story is you had a great mom, but man, she, she just was a rule follower and she had more rules, and life was not fun. But you can look back and you can be grateful. Because your mom loved you enough that she wanted to set up boundaries to protect you, even if they were more restrictive than you thought they should be. For some in here, you think, well, you know, my mom, she just, she just, she had to work. My dad was out of the picture, so she worked all the time. She was never there. And so for you, gratitude may begin to form in the picture that your mom loved you enough that she worked herself to the bone to provide so that you could at least have the basics and although she wanted to be with you, you can know that she loved you enough that she worked hard. And for others in here, maybe, maybe you go, well, you know, my mom, she was out of the picture from day one. You know, she just, she just wasn't there. And so maybe for you, maybe for you, the, the, the strand you hold on to today is simply this. I am so grateful, I am so grateful that my mom chose to give birth to me when she didn't have to that gratitude is essential to knowing who you are and to being good with who you are. And here's what gratitude can produce. When you say, I know they're not perfect, but I accept that this is, this is who they are, mixed bag and all. And when you can find those things to cling on to, here's what will end up happening you will begin to be able to look to a God and instead of shaking your fist and saying, why, you begin to say, I can't believe that you would allow me into this world. Thank you for this gift. And although she was not perfect and because this didn't happen, all that, I'm just, I know you're still at work because you gave me this in the midst of all of this. But it's hard, isn't it? I know for some in here, this is an easy thing to do, to think of gratitude. By the way, for me, my mom's not perfect, but she's an easy woman to be thankful for. And I know that's a story for so many in here. For some, it's not. So we're going to do just a little exercise this morning as we get ready to kind of wrap things up. I'm going to invite you to take the little card that's on your seat. It says Mother's Day. You may be sitting on it, so you may want to grab that. If you will, grab a pen On the back, it's blank. This is your part. We're going to take about two minutes. We're going to have some music playing quietly in the background, and we're going to give you a practice time to to articulate something. Now, for some of you, you're going, this is a godsend, because you forgot today's Mother's Day, and you don't have a Mother's Day card. (laughs) This is our gift to you. Congratulations. But here's what I'm going to invite you to do, is take just a couple minutes And maybe you want to say, dear mom, and then begin to write things for which you are grateful. And if you're struggling, maybe you want to just pause and pray. Some of you, you want to give this to your mom regardless of the card you already purchased for her. For others, you can't because of circumstance. But go ahead and write on this and begin to process. And maybe as you do it, this is a way to also thank God for being present even in imperfect people.